That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is Alderman Pat O'Connor, who has a new title. Not one you wanted, either. Well, not one I was looking for, that's for sure. And why not? I, um, I have a full plate, being the chairman of the Workforce Development Committee. We oversee all of the collective bargaining agreements. We've done the um, earned income sick time. We've done the minimum wage. We're working on the Fair Work Week ordinance. Uh, I've, I've got enough to do. And now you have, are you doing both jobs now? You are the yeah. new chairman of the City Council's Finance Committee. Why? Because Ed Burke is charged with extortion, attempted extortion. Your longtime colleague, your longtime colleague on the Verdelli Act 29, how do you feel about all this? Well, I, I think, not to correct you, but I'm the, I am the chairman now because Ed resigned as the chairman. Had he not resigned as the chairman, he'd still be the chairman until the, either he resigned or the council took action. So as, as, as Carrie Austin was sick when she was the chairman of budget and, and Jason Irvin came in and ran the budget committee, Ed Burke has resigned. I was the vice chairman. So it's not like this was an appointment by the mayor or something that you stand up and volunteer for. It is the natural succession of our rules in the city council. And so, so let's say you're I'm reluctant. There. You're reluctant to take it because well, it's, it's your friend. I'm, you know, I'm not reluctant to take it. It's the job. You know, I'm, I, when you are a vice chair, you know that the potential is always there. It's like if Miss America yeah. resigns and uh, the first runner-up takes that's, 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 <laughs> that's right. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Miss Guam. I'm Miss Universe or something. I don't know. But, but factually speaking, um, regardless of the circumstance and how I got there, I'm there now. So now we're running the committee. There's a number of things that we're trying to get done. All of the discussion about workman's comp. We've had a succession of meetings this week um, with the inspector general, with uh, the law department, with the comptroller's office, all geared towards trying to figure out how we do an orderly transition of what is an essential function. Police and firemen need their bills paid. People that are injured on the job need their doctor's bills paid, their reports ordered and, and paid for, their paychecks to go while they're on comp. All of that is an essential function. It can't be disrupted. And, and frankly, um, it needs to be transitioned in, in a way in which it just is seamless. I'm working towards that. We'll get it done. That's the primary goal between now and the end of this, 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 this session. Uh, there'll be a number of other things that, that we'll work on. We'll work on the bonding uh, to the allow pension the pension bonding to basically allow the next mayor and the next council an opportunity to 
take advantage of a, a, a favorable bond market if it exists as part of the solution to the pension crisis. So notwithstanding how I got here, I'm here, and we're just going to try and get the job done. All right, you're here, but a lot of people don't think you should be here. They don't want you to be here. They feel like you have conflicts, like Burke had conflicts. Talk about that, the residential uh well, the real estate that your wife has sold, yeah. that you pre-zoned. Okay. So here, let's talk about that. First and foremost, that was a story that is 10 years old. It was not factual at the time in terms of the way the story inferenced it. In fact, at that time, there was a young reporter for the Sun-Times who thought it was kind of a non-story, if you recall, um, because, in fact, if you read the snarky headline, it was, he zones, she sells, it's legal. That headline could have been rephrased as saying, he follows the law, she has her own employment, and everything is done legally and ethically. Because that is, in fact, what the upshot of that story was. There has never been a zoning change in our community that was done for the benefit of, of my spouse. Absolutely. So okay. let's take, and let's why take, is that let's okay? take Edgewater Hospital. Edgewater Hospital closed. There were parking lots that were, that were there. They were zoned in a B zone in the middle of a residential neighborhood. The community and I came together. We zoned them all residential R1 or R3 for single family homes. Over a year later, those lots were sold by the hospital and they were developed by a developer the architect for whom lived in our community had worked with my wife in her real estate, who is one of the most respected realtors in the entire city of Chicago, had worked with her many times and used her company to help sell them. Now, unless I was clairvoyant and I knew that over a year out that the successful bidder would come along and, 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 and hire a company that my wife worked for, that's just nonsense. So the fact of the matter is, is that people are entitled to their own job, and a, and, a, and a spouse is entitled to her job. And frankly, in this day and age where women are entitled to their own livelihood, that's what the rules state. And that law exists, and we followed it. And every time that there was even a potential for conflict, I went to the ethics board and was determined whether there was a conflict or not and acted appropriately. Wouldn't it so be better and said, more pristine, though, if you, it, it's, if it, you had said to your bar Barbara, I don't want you selling any real estate that I have pre-zoned? I should have probably said, stay home, be barefoot, be in the kitchen, because I'm this man, I work outside the home, you work inside certainly the home. Certainly I'm not saying that, and you well, know that. But certainly that's the effect. It, it, and what you're looking at is a situation where you take an individual who is a master's degree, one of the best in the business in the city of Chicago, and you say sublimate your your sublimate your ability to succeed. Well, can't she sell real estate outside the 40th ward? Is what I'm saying. Here's here's the point. If my wife sells a single-family home in the city of Chicago, whether it's in my ward or not, she's entitled. And factually speaking, we're here today to talk about the city of Chicago and the transition of the finance committee and the people that are talking about this some of my colleagues they all voted for Ed Burke to be the finance chairman all of them they didn't Ed Burke wasn't installed by the mayor it was installed by a vote of the city council they all voted for it 
they all voted for me to be the vice chairman. And they all voted for the rules that make me the successor as a result of his inability to perform. So let's talk about the stampede toward reform. I mean, it's almost comical. It's like Lady Macbeth, out, out, damn spot, move you, the stain of Burke. What do you make of all this? Well, here, if I was running for mayor, I certainly would rather sit up on the, on, the, on the podium in a debate and talk about Ed Burke and, and conflicts of interest than how I was going to solve the pension problem, than how I was going to make the city safer, than how I was going to tax people or not tax them. I'd rather talk about Ed Burke if I were them because it's juicy. People, people for a while will be interested in it, but when they get their tax bills after we've started working on the, on the pension problem, when crime continues to be a problem in the city of Chicago, between now and election day, they might not have to talk about it anymore. Had the Bears won, they would have got a pass on talking about a lot of things even more. The fact of the matter is, the pressing problems in the city of Chicago, the people of Chicago deserve those problems to be talked about. Ed Burke is one out of 50 aldermen. If you take all of the other aldermen and put the times that they have excused themselves from voting, it is a point zero something of the, of the legislation that's gone through the council. I think it's more important to talk about the things that are important to the city. Now, these reforms will ensure that there would never be another issue like this, and I think that's appropriate for the city. What reforms do you support? Let's talk about aldermanic prerogative. Cutting back the ability of an alderman to block zoning in his ward or to approve zoning in his ward, to approve licensing and permitting at the center of a lot of these, these alleged... Uh, the advantage, of talk, the advantage of talking to you on a show like this is the fact that you know how the council works, right? So you and I both know that aldermanic prerogative is not an ordinance. It, right, it's it a is, tradition. It, it is, Should it, it end here, by fiat? It's, but how do you end the deference that one colleague would give to another when a judgment is being made about a community? So in other words, if I walk up to this place and I'm looking to find out, I, I now own the Sun-Times. I walk upstairs and say, Fran, I want you to tell me who should go and who should stay. I would do that because you've been here, you know. So if I'm being asked to vote on a zoning change in the 32nd Ward, I'm going to go to the 32nd Ward Alderman and say, what's the effect of this on your community? Because you don't know and because they do. Because I don't know and they do. So now, unless you're going to take the zoning entirely out of the hands of the council, which is fine, you can do that, then, then, then the fact is that inquiry, that deference would always be there. It's in any legislative body. If you don't know the effect of something that's going to be on a group of people that someone else represents, I think you're going to go and find out. But if you take that away, that's fine. What you do is you shift the focus of the decision making from us to the mayor's office. And, and there's a danger and, in that. Well, yeah. Well, here. If you have a mayor that's unpopular, if you have a mayor that people don't like, or a mayor that people don't trust, or if you have a mayor that is charged in some way that, that, that is, let's say you have a mayor that is Trump-like, okay? You want them making your local decisions? So uh, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to find ways to curtail it, but we're going to have to curtail what's in law and not what is in folklore because Aldermen are always going to talk to aldermen about what is good for their community. So how do you do that? Well, you could do it a number of ways. Because zoning, 
is, is zoning is a tool. Zoning is a way to make things happen. So uh, let's say that you're interested in making sure that affordable housing uh, is, is available. You want to make sure that you're not doing things in such a way as to keep minority people out of a neighborhood or keep them into a neighborhood. So let's say you're going to do that. Maybe what you do is you take a, a look at the size of a, of, of a, of a development. And, you, and, and, and if the size is over and above something, then here's the path. And if it's below that, then it stays to be a local type of a decision. Most aldermen I know are fairly in, in, inclusive in their decision making on these things with community, as am I. Changes in zoning take place after consultation with the local, local neighborhood groups and after they take a position. And most aldermen, I think, like, like myself, make those decisions in concert with the neighborhood group and totally in line with what they suggest they want. And what so, about on the issue of affordable housing? Well, that, my point is, so affordable housing, um, I think that if you, if you, if you take, they tend to be larger units, right? So I think if you take the larger um, types of development and put them down a different path, mm -hmm. perhaps with a, um, aldermanic input, but not the ability for aldermanic vote or something. I'm not sure, I haven't thought it through that way, but I think size is one way in which to differentiate. What about this proposal from Bill Daly to cut the council from 50 to 15? The irony here is that guess who championed the reduction of the council from 50 to 25 for years? Ed Burke. So I think this, you can, you can cut the council, you could cut it from 50 to 25, you can cut it from 25 to 15. It doesn't, it really doesn't make that much difference. If, I think that if you're gonna do one of those things, you have to look at the next census because you can't draw a map today based upon census data that's nine years old. The next census is gonna be done next year if we passed an ordinance that said after the census data is available, you make it 25 people, the dynamic doesn't change much. If a mayor's gonna be the mayor of the city, if he's gonna work collaboratively with the council, he's gonna to have to get a majority. Whether it's a majority of 15 votes or a majority of 25, he's still gonna need a majority to run the city. And so it, 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 it's a matter of indifference to me. I, I think, to be honest with you, the difficulty would not be whether the council could do that. The difficulty would be whether the Chicago, people who live in Chicago would, would want that. And you don't think they would? Well, I don't know whether they would. I think, they, I think they'd be fine with it in theory because, you know, we're, we're seen as rascals and, you know, the less of us there are, the better, the better off they are. But, but they also like the ability to have local services they like the ability to walk into a local office. They like the ability to know that the person that represents them knows their neighborhood. And they like somebody to blame if something goes wrong. And so if there's less people to blame, then they'll still blame the alderman, but all of this focus will shift. It'll be harder shift. to interact. Right, and all of the show focus will, the, what you will end up doing is you'll make central government m much more powerful compared to what's out in the neighborhoods. Let's talk about Ed Burke. Down but not out. He's still running. Are you surprised by that? Is that a mistake? And will it last? You know, I'm a talkative guy, but this is a personal decision on his part. Whether he stays in the race or he doesn't, that will be a personal decision between he and his family. Um, 
it's not what I would do. Why not? Um, I just think that I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't have the fortitude. I mean, to fight federal extortion charges and also run for your life at the same time. I. It's just not something that I would do. And I, why wouldn't it be? I don't see myself. I don't see myself if I were unfortunate enough to be in that position, wanting to run for office. I don't think I would put myself before the people and say, "Vote for me still." But that is, I say, it's a personal decision. It's, it's, it's totally up to him. And and. And he was in danger before this. You said from the so. standpoint of, of being reelected, politically, well, yes. Well, so his, what his are his ward chances is predominantly now Hispanic. If he stays on the ballot, I, you know what? I, I I couldn't begin to tell you. I mean, the, I won't say the fourteenth ward is about as far from the fortieth ward as you could possibly. Oh, be, I know, but you have but a, it's a gut different part of the city. This, surely, I, it, it, we're not the same person. I can't put myself in the head of Ed Burke and determine why he does what he does or or doesn't do what he what he doesn't do. I can only tell you it's something I wouldn't do. And, and frankly, it's similar with the way that the committee is being run now. I, I know how he ran it before. I know I'm not comfortable running it the same way. I will run it differently. And, and, and to that end... What part are you not comfortable with? Well, we're moving the workman's comp out right now. Um, we're trying to transition uh, essential employees from an aldermanic staff to a, to a comptroller staff. We're trying to look at other functions that are done within the council, and um, and and see if there's ways that they could be changed or, or or done differently. Um, so so there's some things that that I will do that um, will I think be seen as as a little more transparent, a little more um, frankly not a little more, but a lot more transparent and. And, and, and I'm not as standoffish to the Inspector General and the things that they do. I work very collaboratively, collaboratively with his office. I have the audit function currently with the City Council. Inspector Ferguson does audits on a regular basis. My committee is the forum for those things to come out. So I, it, it's, it's a different person, a different day, that's all. What are you going to try to race to get done in the mayor's legislative agenda? We have the Elon Musk contract that he hopes to present. You, we have the pension borrowing. We have the $1.5 billion in TIF assistance for these four mega projects around the downtown area. So the, the pension borrowing, I think, is a no-brainer because we're not You're going to get that through. That, I'm hoping to get that through. Why rush it? Well, it's not because you're not, you're not borrowing any money. You're setting the stage to allow the money to be borrowed. If, if people follow that the market is what dictates whether we can do bonds or not, and if the market is favorable when a new mayor and a new council come in, it might be favorable in May or June and totally unfavorable in July and August. It takes months to get this in place. And so in order to avail yourself of the opportunity to refinance, you would need to then have this thing in place to do it when the new council comes in. I think, frankly, it, it's, it's uh, the mayor's idea of putting it in place is, is appropriate because rather than hamstring a council by not being responsible and putting it in, we'll be responsible and give them another tool to fight the pension crisis. Frankly, the question should be to the mayoral candidates who appear on your show here, 
are you going to use it? Mm -hmm. Because that's the more salient question. That's what I think Chicagoans need to know. The fact that you've, the fact that you have a good kicker doesn't mean that you're going to use him in a certain situation in doink. a ball game. It's a terrible <laughs> Double thing. Double doink. Yeah. Now, what about the billion and a half in TIF assistance for Lincoln Yards, seventy-eight, Michael Reese? That's going to depend in large part upon you know how the council feels about it as well. That's not a vote that that that. Creating a tool for a future council, I don't think, is a controversial vote. Creating a vote that expends millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, that's something that the council's going to have to deliberate. I will hold as many meetings. I will spend as much time as necessary to determine whether it happens. But whether it happens or not is not something that I, You're I not have rushing. control over. Well, it's not that I'm not going to rush. I'm going to hold the meetings that would be required to allow it to pass or fail. But I don't have the authority or the ability to make it pass or fail. But Do you think all it has of the them, votes? You know, I'm, I haven't, I haven't done a head count. Given what happened this week with uh, Hopkins killing the stadium part of the Lincoln Yards and also the entertainment district owned by Live Nation? Well, you know, frankly, I've read those things that he's done, but does that make it a more attractive project or a less attractive project? I, 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 I don't know what the other aldermen, and certainly the other aldermen around his, him think. But, but again, your question infers a prerogative, right? Your question infers. Yeah, does the, the same the, one that everybody you know, wants to get rid of. Right, so it, the, the inference of looking to them to determine that this is good or bad for their communities now is exactly what you're talking about as being a terrible thing. Elon Musk, the O'Hare Express contract. I, I, um, I wish that I had had the ability to go to California with a couple of the members of the council that went to see it. Um, I think it's an intriguing thing. I think that it, frankly, it saves us a ton of money compared to what we were supposed to You remember when Commissioner Evans was at aviation and she was looking to be tasked with doing the high-speed rail to go there. This is a significant different thing than high-speed rail, but it still accomplishes getting people back and forth from O'Hare in a quick way. So are you going to so, race it through the council? I'm not going to race it through the council, but to the extent that it, if it comes to my committee, I'll hold the hearings to let people understand what it is. And there are, there are I mean, there's things I don't know about it, you know, how it gets done, you know, what, how, what the right of weight is, how you determine what the right of way is. Is there compensation to people or not? Uh, all of those things I don't know, and I don't think a lot of people don't know, have, don't have the answers to that. But these are all things that I think deserve a, a, an airing. They deserve to have a discussion. Should we seize so the moment, as the transportation commissioner says, oh, for fear that he might walk away and go to another city with well, this? Well, he, I, I don't know him, but be. I'm told that he's a little quirky and he might decide it's not worth the, the battle. I mean. Look what happened with the Lucas Museum. Sure. You so, know, they so, just decided, so I'm not putting up with this nonsense. Is that a reason to move quickly? It's a reason to have a quick hearing. It's yeah. a reason to have a quick discussion. And I don't mean quick in the, in the, in the stand of, like, you know, slipshod or, or not complete. No. I mean quick in terms of, in time, the discussion needs to take place. Before we go, who's handicapped the mayoral sweepstakes? Who looks like the front runners to you right now? Who's going to make the runoff? Who's going to win? So I think if I was doing top tier, I would say President Preckwinkle, Susanna Mendoza, uh, Gary Chico, Bill Daly. I think they're top tier. Um, 
who wins out of that? Who I, makes the runoff? I got to tell you, I don't know that. I, I think the ballot thing uh, that's changing Didn't constantly. Didn't change much and really is not going to probably. Well, if Dorothy Brown is not on the ballot, that frees up what I would consider to be a, a constituency that was locked into her. She has her own constituency. Right. She's run for office a number of times. I think she would have been formidable in terms of African-American votes and a, and a block within that community. If she's not on the ballot, it frees them up. And, and, For probably and where do they Willie go? Wilson, probably. And that, well, and or skewing possibly towards President Preckwinkle, if you know African American female, African American female. So, I, 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 if, if I were looking to um, handicap it, um, I, I wouldn't be an odds maker on the on who makes the uh, the thing. I would say that the, the top four are the ones I've indicated, and um, who's running the best campaign. Uh, well, you know, some of the external things that are being thrown at the campaigns have put some of them off rail, you know. Like so, Preckwinkle, for example. Yeah, I mean, that was, a, that, was, that was a hit that, you know, I don't think that campaign could have anticipated. So I would say up until that point, she was probably, you know, out front and the front runner and may still be. Um, How has she handled that? I think probably as good as you can. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's just again, it's, it's sensational. It's not unimportant, but it is not the most important thing that a mayor should be talking about, or a potential mayor should be talking about. Okay, so who voters. else is running the best campaign then? Um, I think Gary's hitting a lot of points and 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 making a lot of issues. I think Bill Daly has been thoughtful in terms of how he's done it. I think Susanna has had some points that are that are okay, but I don't think she's hit her stride yet. Um, but uh, but I think those those four are probably where the where the majority of, of attention will be between now and election day. Pat, thank you for joining us. No Best problem. of luck in the election too. Yeah, thank you. See you next week.